We are so happy that you're here with us today. Now it's time to get started, so please stand and get ready to worship with us. And thank you for joining us here at Newvine. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Newvine Community Church. We're very excited to have each and every one of you here with us today, and welcome to those who are watching online today as well. I'd like to invite everybody to stand. We'll have a word of prayer and then get started with worship. Lord, I want to thank you for bringing us all together here today safely. I want to thank you for everything we've done in our lives throughout the week and everything we know you will continue to do. We just ask that you come be our midst today to worship you. In the name we pray. Amen.
Your prayer. 
Take a second, turn around, and say hello to somebody. Pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you, fill it out, and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through. New Vine Youth Winter Retreat is February 23rd and 24th. Grades 6 through 12th are welcome to come. The cost is $30. See Pat for details. The New Vine Youth Laundry Soap Sale is going on now through March 3rd. You can pay with cash, check, card, or digital payments. See the tech booth for the order form and check out the good deals we have to offer. Thank you. Grief Share is a support group ministry that helps people heal from the pain of grief. The Grief Share video seminars, workbook exercises, and small group discussions Give participants encouragement, useful advice, and hope. The Cruciere videos are, are excellent. The videos strengthened me. It's a freeing kind of thing to be able to talk about your loss. My workbook helped me to unravel the feelings I was going through. If you know people in your church or community who are grieving the death of a loved one, tell them about Grief Share. Or visit a grief share group yourself to heal from the pain of your grief. There was such a void until I got into grief share. I never really healed down deep until I came to grief share. Grief share brought me out of my sadness. Begin your journey from mourning to joy at grief share. Thanks for watching the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service. Good morning, kids. Is winter going to come back next week? No? Oh, well, whatever. Hi, right? <clears throat> um, 
Grief share. If you've lost a loved one, I know we did the advertisement or whatever. Um, there's some brochures back. But also, if you want to sign up for that, fill out one of those little pieces of paper. Give it to me on the way out or put it in the offering bag. Well, I should have said that. But yeah, we can do that in a minute, right? Um, it's a class that just helps you go through stuff. And uh, we ha- we've had it for years at different times and we quit for a while. <clears throat> but we're going to do it again because I f- felt like I needed to go through it. Because I lost four people in my family last year, my uncles, two of my uncles, my aunt, and my mother. So I thought I need to go through grief share. So it's a, it's a good good thing, right? Um, a couple of sets on the back row back there. They're not here today. Gary Harrison. We need to pray for him. He went for um, trying to figure out what he went for, huh? He had yeah, he had a slow heart attack. Then they did a heart cath thing, and then he had a reaction to the medicine. And so had a mild stroke, and so now that he, he needs to have bypass surgery, but they have to wait until he gets over that thing. They're afraid if they do the new medicine, it'll mess him up, okay? So anyway, we'll keep, keep him in prayer, all right? So let's say a prayer, we'll take up the offering. So Lord, just thank you that we can give to you. Thank you you gave Jesus for us, in Jesus' name, amen. Um, thanks for bringing soup for the Super Bowl. Uh, it looks like the, the Kansas City's winning right now back there. I thought about this. I thought I made this up to do this so we can do it because we have a free store. We have like 1,600 families that we help with food and clothes all the time. We've been doing that since 1993. And so I thought it was a good idea. Then I'm thinking now I'm going to have to count those goofy things to see who won. So maybe that'll be a good job for you, Mark. So, yeah, yeah, I'll just pass that off. Um, we started this series six weeks ago on getting in shape. Has anybody been getting in shape? I've been trying to watch what I eat, but I've blown it in the past two days. I had to buy some fudge stripe cookies. So anyway, but I come and walk every day and then and work out and then and, 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 and pray and do, do those things. So I started with my goofy video of getting in shape. So I'm going to end with a goofy video, the same video. So, you know, it's a, and if you see me doing the one hand push ups. 
If you look really close, you'll see Pat behind me with a with a belt pulling me up. So watch watch uh, getting in shape.
was younger then. Started thinking about it. It's really stupid to run down 123. That's like the worst place in the world. I'm not real swift. Um, but I lived. We started this series six weeks ago. And we used the term shape just as a little acrostic. And um, today we're going to talk about emotionally. But we started out uh, with, with the S talking about spiritually. That we need to get in shape spiritually. And I, I talked about that day about uh, we need to give the first part of every day to God. The first part of every week to God, the first part of our income to God, the first part of our relationships to God, and the first part of our energy to God. So, talked about that. Uh, head intellectually, Mark talked about that, uh, how that we need to be growing intellectually. Uh, Romans 12.2 says, uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and perfect will of God, right? Um, anyway, that we need to have our minds renewed. We renew our minds by living in the Word and, and serving, doing what God's called us to do. Uh, a was account financially. I talked about that, how that we need to be faithful in our giving. Uh, we need to be faithful in our finances. We need to keep good records. I use the old quote. I'm trying to think of the guy's name now. But anyway, um, it's, it says, when your outgo exceeds your income, then your upkeep will be your downfall. Got that? So we need to we need to be good stewards and talk about giving, how it's important as followers of Jesus that we give. And we talk about tithing and, and, and giving and all those things to different ministries. Uh, Mark talked about bodies, how we need to eat right, sunshine, and putting it on Facebook, um, how that we need to take care of our bodies, because it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, King James says, what, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, right, which ye have of God, and you're not your own, for you bought with a price, therefore glorify your God, glorify God in your body, King James says, in your spirit, which, which are God's, right, so... Too fast? Anyway. All right, I'm sorry. I get in trouble with my wife, Mike. Um, but we're supposed to grow that way. <clears throat> so today I want to talk about how we're supposed to grow ease emotionally or relationally. All right? And so um, Jesus, uh, well, let's just say a prayer first and then we'll take off. So, Lord, we just thank you that you love us. Thank you that you've uh, brought us into a relationship with you because you died and rose from the dead. And so, God, help us to, as we walk through this today, to see how important it is that that. Uh, we love each other, that we demonstrate it, that we just don't say that we love each other, that we actually do it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Jesus told his disciples in John 13, 34 and 35, he says this, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this all men will know that you're my disciples, if what? What does it say? If you love each other, right? This is the deal. Our relationships can bring us the most fulfillment and the most joy, or they can bring us the most hurt and the most pain. And, and that's why it's important that we take time in our life as followers of Jesus to work on our relationships. Um, there's nothing more important uh, than you can do is to invest your life in people. Right? We, we talk about, uh, and Mark talked about this before, we've talked about it a lot when they asked Jesus the greatest commandment, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your might, your soul, your strength, right? And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And so it's hard to love a God that we can't see, but we can love the people in our life. I think when we love people, we're demonstrating our love for God uh, because every person is made in God's image. And so uh, we, we need to learn how to do that. And so there's nothing more important I, I, that I think than just invest your life in other people that, that you care about them. Um, a lot of times we get it backwards in our culture. 
Uh, we think it's, you know, we, we, we work and we do all these things and we try to accumulate things and we neglect the important people in our life on, on the way. I remember when we moved here to start the church, <clears throat> like I was at a church in, Con- in Monroe for a long time, then I was at a church in Kentucky, and uh, it was like big-time Christianity is what I called it, which it was big-time Christianity. Uh, it was like a mega church. I was on TV. Can you imagine me on TV? Yeah, anyway, I, I was horrible with that. I called it the church show. Um, but I was there, you know, had had office hours you had to keep and blah, 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 and all this. And, and uh, it was run like a factory, I, I thought. And uh, I remember I was a co-pastor, and, and the lead pastor took a leave of absence and left me there in charge, which was dangerous. And uh, because they, every day they had a staff meeting, about about 20 or 30 members of the staff. And, and uh, I remember one day... Um, the youth pastor came in, he had to be there at 8.30. The youth pastor came in at 8.45 and he came to my office to apologize. He goes, I am so sorry that I'm late. But he had had a big youth thing the night, the night before. And he says, I am so sorry that I'm late. And I looked at him and said, David, why are you here? I said, why aren't you home in bed or whatever? He goes, we're supposed to do whatever. And so anyway, I changed all those kinds of things. But, but, uh, um, but I was there a lot and I had four sons. And, and so I could, I could be there and not spend time with them. Does that make any sense? Like I grew up, my dad was a pastor, and uh, and he was going a lot. And I love my dad. And I understand the system and stuff like that. Uh, but I know lots of you guys way better than I knew my dad because he was always gone. Sometimes we 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 invest, you know, in all these things, and we miss the point. I remember when we started the church too. I, I we were at the auto auction, and I, I made an announcement. I said, "If you guys need me this week, I will be at the park with my boys watching football or something." Right. And then I made this statement that says, my kids are way more important than you. And, and that's just an important thing because I wanted to want them to grow up that, that they knew me. And so we did stuff together. Um, I didn't mean to beat that to death, but, but relationships are the most important thing, okay, that we invest our, that our, our lives in, in each other. And that's why Jesus said that we're to love each other, okay? So a way to do that, I think, is our three connections. And I think you have all these things in your notes a little bit, right? The first one is this, connect with those who are most important. To me. Okay. Uh, Paul says in Ephesians, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. The most important people in your life, you live with them. It's your spouse. It's your kids. It's your parents. It's your brothers. It's your sisters. Okay. Or it could be your best friends or it could be people you work with. Those are the most important people in your life. I went to uh, college with a lot of kids uh, who... Uh, didn't like God or hated God or hated the church and all that stuff. Their parents were missionaries. Their parents were preachers or whatever like that. Because uh, all those other things were more important than their family. Family is really important. That, that we relate to each other and that we care about each other. Um, um, our most important relationships are the easiest, I think, for us to damage. And they're the most difficult for us to repair. And it's easy because you live with these people. Right? Go like this. And they see, they, they know your, your good points and your bad points. And uh, my bad, my kids know my bad points is, is when I'm getting hungry, right? Yeah, they, they would call me food chuck. And so, you know, I'd get, uh, you know, a little, little agitated if I was a bit hungry. So, so um, I put this in my notes, your notes too. You know, there are three relational pr- things for us to practice. And the key word is practice. Because a lot of these things aren't natural. You have to practice doing these things. And so the first one is this, um, you, you need to uh, practice patience. 
This is a hard one, right? Patience. Proverbs says this, better a patient man with, than a warrior, man who controls his temper than one who takes a city. Patience is really important. Some of us think that being impatient is okay. Sometimes people say, well, that's just my personality. You know, that's just the way I am. A lot of times I'll hear Christians say, well, that's just the way I am. Well, however, I look at it this way. You're not that way anymore. If you've decided to invite Jesus in your life, you're not that way anymore because he's supposed to be changing you. And if you think about the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, and patience, right? And so as, as we grow in our relationship with Jesus, then we should be growing in our, in our, in our patience that we're learning how to, to uh, be patient with other people. Um, so I have a question. You know, uh, are you impatient with people in your life who are most important to you? You know, just think about that a second. Are you impatient with people in your life that are most important to you? Okay? This is the deal. If you are, you're hurting them and you're gradually creating a distance between the two of you. You're just slowly, slowly pushing them away. And so uh, we have to learn to be patient. Okay? Got that? Like this. Be patient. There you go. Good. It's nice to hear this stuff, but... In my own mind, I always think of James one twenty two. James one twenty two says, Be doers of the word, not hearers only. So we have to put these things into practice, or we're just blowing smoke. You can know the Bible inside out, hot dog. You know, I do too. But if I don't try to live it out, then I'm wasting my time. So you have to be patient. The second thing, this is a big one, forgiveness. You have to practice forgiveness. Uh When you're around people that are close to you, you're going to hurt each other. You're going to say stupid stuff. You're going to do things maybe that will hurt that person. They're going to do things that are going to hurt you. And uh, you have to learn to forgive. Because this is the deal. Unforgiveness destroys relationships. Do you know anybody that's bitter? I've seen people that are bitter. I've seen people that, that are unforgiving. I've seen people that won't talk to the other person because of something that they did to them. And, and I see that sometimes, and then I do a funeral of a person, and then I see that person, and they didn't get it settled. You know what I'm saying? And that's horrible. We have to learn uh, to live in, in forgiveness. And, and, uh, and, and when you refuse to, to forgive someone, you're not hurting that other person. You're only hurting yourself, right? And I, I put this in my notes. I... I um, Unforgiveness is a self-inflicted wound. You know, you think you're, you're doing this. I always tell people, that person's in the Bahamas. They're on the beach having a good time. They're not thinking about you. And you say, but, but they hurt me. And I say, yeah, but and you're allowing them to continue to hurt you. Because you're, you're, you're hanging on to unforgiveness. And so we have to live in forgiveness. Um, refuse and forgive not only divides our relationships with people. This is a big one. It divides our relationship with God. And we don't think about it like that. We just think we live in our own little world and we, we live in our own little mind and, and we think, you know, I'm going to do this or whatever like that. Um, listen to what Jesus said. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Forgive us our trespasses. How's it go? Come on. As... In other words, Lord, forgive me my sins the same way that I'm forgiving other people's. Forgive my trespasses. Forgive me, Lord, just the, the same way. 
that's a scary one. Unless we actually believe the Bible and we actually believe to, to do the word, right? It prevents God's forgiveness in your life and his blessing in your life. And so we have to learn to walk in forgiveness. Um, for your own good and for the relationship that you've with the person and the relationship that you have with God, you have to make the decision to forgive people today. And forgiveness is a choice. If you're waiting to feel like it, if you're waiting to um, be led by the Holy Spirit, baloney. You have to choose to forgive. I tell the classic story, Corrie Ten Boom, I don't know who she is or not, but she, she was a, a Christian and she and her family were put in a, a Nazi prison camp and uh, they were tortured and, and all kinds of horrible things. And miraculously, she, she came out alive. All the rest of her family died and her sister Betsy that she was really close to. Corrie is speaking at this church because God told her uh, to go around the world and share that there's no pit so deep that he's not deeper still. And... Uh, She's speaking at this place, and all of a sudden she sees this guy in the back of the room, and he starts walking down the aisle to her, and she recognizes him. He's one of the guards from the prison camp. And he comes down, and he reaches out his hand. He says, Sister Tim Boom, you know, I've become a follower of Jesus. I've asked him to forgive me. Will you forgive me? And he reaches out his hand. And Corey said she, she didn't want to reach out her hand. But she reached out her hand, and when she touched his hand she, and for, said, I forgive you, she just felt release. And she felt like God, you know, forgave him and, and, and she was healed too. Forgiveness is, is an important one. And, and we have to, to do that. We have to choose to do that. I do it every day in advance. I forgive people in advance. I'm, no, I'm, I'm nuts. Okay. Uh, when I do the Lord's Prayer, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be our name. That little sign over there, right? See that? That's what that is about the Lord's Prayer. Uh, your kingdom come over here. Rule my life. Meet our needs right over there. Provision. Forgiveness. Lord, forgive me my trespasses as I forgive. And in my own mind, I go, Lord, I'm going to forgive. No matter what anyone does to me today, I forgive them in advance. So when it comes up, I thought, well, I already made a decision to do this. And so we have to learn to walk in forgiveness. Okay? Got that? Patience and forgiveness. And the third one's positivity. All right? Now, this is an important one because... Uh, one of the biggest uh, roadblocks in a relationship is, is negativity, being critical all the time, always fault-finding, right? When you're constantly negative, eventually you're going to stop seeing the person's positive traits altogether. You're going to start seeing them in a different way, and, and you have to change that, okay? And when we do, bring up the next slide, Pat, we not only see the negative, we, the affection that we used to hold for that person gradually begins to disappear, and we like them less and less. We just start criticizing, 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 and, and our whole, all of our feelings start to change about that person. And so we have to, to just watch it. You know, and we, we have to watch it. I was talking to a person at the ball game last night about it, um, and about teenagers and how you say one critical word and how many positive words it takes to, to pull them out of that. Right? Can you remember negative things that were said about you? Can you? I can. I can remember things that were said about me by coaches, by different ones. And those things kind of stick with you. It takes a long, long time to break out of that. And so we have to be very careful what we say because words are powerful. And so we need to speak life into people instead of, instead of death. Okay? Listen to the scripture because I, I, I used to think this scripture was about cursing. Okay? And we shouldn't curse. Okay? Um, if you forgive those who sin against... Well, that's not it. Let me find it. Okay, here. Um, 
Do, do not use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Now, growing up, I thought, that's, we shouldn't cuss, right? Which I don't. But you know what? Abusive words are, are, and, and critical words and negative words attacking people are hurtful, and, and that's abusive. And, and Paul is saying, don't, don't let that even come out of your mouth. Uh, you should use words that encourage people, that lift people up. Okay? Okay, come on, I'm trying to lift you up. All right, wake up. I'm almost done. You guys are going to be upset getting out of church so early. Here we go. Make it a practice to say something positive about them every day. Okay? I say stuff to Liz every day. Don't I, Liz? Yeah. Tell her she's beautiful. Right? And all the different kinds of things. And she is. We, we need to, to speak life into people. And, and this, this is a, the flip side. You need to hold your tongue when, when you want to point out flaws. You know what I'm saying? You, you need to hang on to that because you don't need you don't need that, and they don't need that. Second connection: you need to connect with, connect with other people in church. Why do we need to do that? Why do we need to connect with other people? Why do we need to come together? Okay, uh, there's a bunch of reasons. The Bible tells us to do that, uh, but but in our culture, people are lonely. They did a study: 75 percent of Americans said they're lonely. You know. And you can be lonely in a crowd, but, 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 but we need each other. Uh, all the way through the Bible, you know, we need each other. Um, this is the deal. We're not meant to go through life alone. We need people in our life to help us grow in our relationship with God and just, and just for health. And, and loneliness feels bad. But God created us that we need other people to help us. He gave us first our family, then he gave us the church. And it's called the family of God. And so we need people to connect with, okay? And, and we try to do that here at church. There, there are people that we need to connect with. We need to be a place where people are welcome, and, and you know, we've made that a clear point, that whoever walks through that door is welcome here and accepted here. I don't care who they are, what they are, what they've done, whatever. It doesn't matter, okay? Because we accepted you guys. That's a joke. Come on, lighten up, right? You accepted me. Um, that, that's the deal. And, and the best way to get connected to people here is to get involved in a group or in a, in a ministry. We just need, we need, you know, coming and sitting on Sunday morning is okay. God bless you with that. But, but we need to, we need to be involved. You know, uh, I, I've told you before, I was brainwashed as a Baptist preacher's kid is that when you go to church, you don't go to church just to worship or, or to listen to someone. You go to church to serve. And, and that's the deal. And, and, uh, my classic stories, my, my freshman year in college, I'm at Georgetown College in Kentucky. There's some real good church, cool churches all around the city. Not the biggest city, it's a town, okay? And, uh, but, but I didn't have a car, and right down the street was First Baptist Church, Georgetown, Kentucky. And so I went down the First Baptist Church, Georgetown, Kentucky, and I went down the aisle and I joined it the first Sunday. And I came back to my dorm and I told the kid, my friends, I said, I've joined the church. And they said, why? That's the church for old people. Okay, and old people back then were 40, <laughs> right? And I said, well, the reason you go to church is not, you know, you go to church, I think, to worship God, but you go to church to encourage each other, and you go to church to serve people, right? And, and uh, uh, in, in uh, Hebrews, it says not to forsake the same of ourselves together, right? But we're to encourage each other. And, and so we're supposed to do that. And so that's the best way to get hooked up. So let me show you some pictures of people. 
Okay, that is, wow, that's Carter there. That's, in the summertime, we do a, I do a discipleship thing with teenagers. We have to memorize scripture, and we have to go and do stuff, okay? And, and so that's, we're good. And Carter's like, each Sunday he comes, he's tall. He's like one of your kids. Each week he's taller. Yeah. So anyway, that's one group there. And Liz is eating. She has, she says, I'm in the middle of eating something. I said, well, that's a good picture. Here's my group. We eat, you know, my group's a small church, but we, we, we meet together and we eat out on different times. I'm trying to decide what to do Wednesday night. It's Valentine's Day. But anyway, uh, we meet together each week. We study the Bible. We eat, we eat a meal together. And then we worship, and then we study the Bible, and ask them a bunch of questions, and we pray for each other. And let's see, what else we got going here? Here is a, an out, outreach. Um, and this year is going to be a little different because the high school is moving, so I'm, we're going to have to figure out how to do that. We, we do outreaches. Every year we do a thing called Love Week, where we, we cook out for the different schools, we cook out for the city and the police and the fire department, and we try to do things to demonstrate God's love. So that's a ministry group's good. Uh, that's the men's group. <laughs> You probably notice that we do a lot of eating in these groups, right? So we meet together once a month this Saturday at 8 o'clock at Frisch's. We get together and we eat breakfast. You're always there all with your friend. He's been doing it for years probably. But anyway, we get together and eat. Next, there's uh, Dan's group. Notice they're eating too. But anyway, uh, they meet here on Wednesday nights, right, in, in, the, in the cafe. So Dan Marinich. And that's the women's ministry. That's at the retreat. But the women's ministry meets, I think, this Thursday night in the cafe at 6 o'clock, I think, or something like that. So anything else? Is that it? All right. So we have lots of different things, and we need more things. And Marianne has a group. They meet on Monday nights. I just don't have a picture of you. Uh, but the best way is, is to get connected because we need each other. And, and just in my group, they're like my family. Some of them are getting older. They're becoming grandparents. <laughs> over there, you know, and, and, uh, we've had people in our, in our group that have gone to heaven. And so, but we're still there hanging out with each other because we need each other to make it through those things. That makes sense. And so, so, uh, getting connected is, is, is just really important. In the New Testament, in Acts chapter two, it says this, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So it's important that we are with each other, right? And, uh, you know, you get, need to get to know people. Uh, a bunch of years ago, there was, a, there was a couple that came to our church. They would come in late and they would leave. Before, and I raced to get back to the back door to say hi to people. I'm just crazy. And I, and I do that. You know my story. I do that because there was a lady in the church that I pastored. Her name was Mary Shear. And one Sunday, she's in a hurry to go someplace, and, and uh, she's passing me up, and, I, and uh, she was about this tall. And I ran over, and I said, Mary, you're not leaving without shaking my hand. And I shook her hand, and then she was killed in a car wreck that afternoon. And I thought, I was so glad that I took time just to say hello to Mary. Does that make sense? And so, I'm, you know, so if you see me run back there to beat you out the door, it's only because I want to say hi to you. And today, I have something special for you on the way out. So hang on. All right. We need each other. It's important that we connect with each other, right? And if you come early, just hang out with some people in here and talk to them. Get to know them. Go in the cafe and sit down, right? Talk to Jim. Jim got a new car. There's a red car out there, right? Got a new car, right, Jim? He's waving at me back. (laughs) Okay. We need each other, okay? The last thing, connect others to God. We've been talking about connecting each other in relationships with, with, with people, and that's important. 
But the most important connection that anyone can ever make in their life is beginning a real one on a relationship with God. We, we need this connection because this connection doesn't work very well without that. One. And, and that's really important uh, that we have that. Okay? That's important that we get connected to God. And our job as followers of Jesus is to help people get connected to God. So I'll tell you a story. You saw me in my little video prayer time. I, I still do that every day. I have a journal. We do soap where we read the scripture. When, I talked about that when we did our thing. So this is my journal. And this is my journal that came from, from Jackie, right? So Jackie gave me this where you gave it to me. It was Jackie's. And so I've been using it. And I already filled that one up. So this is a new one. So I had to buy another one just like Jackie's. And uh, so I read the scripture every day. And in my, <clears throat> and in my soap, I write down what, what's, what's going on. Here. That's really hard because the message doesn't have verses, written verses. So I have to read in the message. I have to look up my, my other Bible to see what it is. But, but anyway, the uh, other day I'm reading, Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. Uh, and, and I titled my journal, Ready. Uh, Paul, and, Paul and Silas are, 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 are Paul and Barnabas are in Lystra. Talking about a man who's crippled. He heard Paul talking. Uh, Paul looked him in the eye and saw that he was ripe for God's, God's work, ready to be, be to believe. My observation was this. Um, and you probably can't read my writing. I can barely read it. Uh, Paul and Barnabas are in Lystra who, when they encountered a man who's been crippled from birth. Paul looked at him and saw that he had faith. Paul told him to get up and walk, and he did. My application. <clears throat> so many times I see people that are ready to believe. God has already prepared their hearts. I just got to be there to help them take the next step. My prayer, Father, help me to always be ready to help people to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool? That's my journal. I go to the hospital. I go to visit Gary Harrison and pray for him. And there's a friend of mine, that, that real good friend of Charles, uh, David Dunn. I, I run down. He's been having heart trouble. So I go to his room to, to visit him. It was early in the morning. I walk into David's room. Okay. No hello, no greeting. As soon as I walk in, David goes, I'm ready to give my life to God. That was it. He was ready. And so I go and he prays and he, and he invites Jesus to come in his life. And so I just happened to be there. And so here, here he is. Uh, there he is right there. Um, he's just keeping him in prayer. He's going through some things and, and he's in a rehabilitation place right now. But he was just ready to go. And I, and I came back in my journal and I, and I put at the bottom, I usually don't add another notes. Went to the hospital to visit David Dunn. As uh, soon as I walked in, he said, I'm ready to give my life to God. And I helped him do it. Is that cool or what? And I thought, wow, that's, that's powerful stuff that God does. We just have to be there. And so we need to help people to get connected to God. Um, um, that, that's really important. And, and, and the deal is this. If you're here today, you never invited Jesus to come in your life. If you never got connected, you, you can get connected. You can invite him to your life, get baptized, and then start serving. That's how it's supposed to work. Should have had a picture of Jim. Jim, are you 88 years old? Are you 88 years old? 87? 88. Okay. Jim got baptized back in the fall. Okay, and uh, then the next week, he, he joined the kids ministry, 
and wanted to, wanted to serve in the kids ministry. He's Jim, you scare me going up the steps. But anyway, uh, but but uh, he he did that. And I thought that's how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to follow, get, trust Jesus, get baptized, and go to work, and, and so help people get connected, right? Um, Paul said this in Acts 20. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race, complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. And so, I don't, I don't have one of your programs. I don't know what they look like. I'm going to look and see. I'm trying to help you do this stuff. Okay, oh, I'll put a little thing there. Maybe you have some friends who need to know God, who need to know Jesus. In your, in your thing, there's a little thing, one, two, three, four, five, you can invite them to come to church. I'll help you get, I'll help you tell them. Okay, Mark will help you tell them. And if they don't want to come to church, tell them to come to Easter. A lot of people go to church on Easter. But, but that's the deal. It's about relationships. It's about this relationship, and it's about this relationship. And Jesus said this. Uh, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, and a man will lay down his life for his friends. Uh, King James did even know it's different on the, on the thing. Two questions. What's God saying to me? And what am I going to do about it? So let's just bow our heads just for a second. Maybe you've never come to that place that you invited Jesus to come in your life. You know, you, you can do it. It's, it's not that hard. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that, that, that it's all grace. We're saved by grace through faith. That we just put our faith in him. Say, Lord, I need you to come into my life. And then let somebody know about it. And then uh, we'll help you grow after that. So, Lord, just thank you for your love and mercy. Thank you, Lord, that, that you want us to be connected not only to you, but to each other. Amen. Fair will these take it out and get it open if you can. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. And today's one of those days. knife out I don't know if they had this trouble in the early church there we go 
What? Do what? These are going to have to come with instructions. Wow. All right. I'm there, I think. I don't know what Liz is talking about, but she'll tell me later. I'm Yeah, whatever. Here we go. I got it. You notice I listen to my wife, my wife well, right? All right. Wow. Is everybody else okay? Or is it just me? All right. Well, I got my Swiss Army knife out there. It's, it's a good thing. We do this every week just to remind us of who we are and whose we are, that we belong to the family of God. And it's a family meal. Uh, Jesus did this on the night he was betrayed with his disciples. And as Mark says, you know, they were, you know, one denied him, one, you know, one uh, uh, was a traitor. All the rest of them bailed on him. But Jesus invited him to be around. And so we believe that, you know, if you're willing, you're, you're welcome to come to the table. And so we always say the Lord's Prayer just to uh, center our hearts and to just remind us. So let's just say this prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this for remembrance of me. After supper, it says he took the cup. He says, this cup is a new covenant. In my blood, new relationship, do this remembrance of me. Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, said this to them. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We remember what Jesus did, but reminded of what we're supposed to do, too. I'm going to have to open this early for the next service, so. So I'll stand. Grab someone's hand if you want to. If you don't want to, don't. So they've got a new baby today. The grandparents are there showing them off. That's what grandparents do. The, yeah, the world could be blowing up and grandparents will show their babies off, right? So that her name is Scotty. All right. Scotty. All right. Let's just close in prayer. Remember Gary Harrison in prayer, okay? So, Lord, we just thank you that you love us. Thank you, Lord, that you invited us into a relationship with you. Through Jesus. So God help us to see uh, how special that is and how important it is that we learn to help people get connected and that we learn to love each other. So God, as we go from this place today, use us, Lord. Use our hands and feet, Lord, to lift people up, to share with them, to help them, to tell them the good news about Jesus. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Bless you.